You're listening to Immaculate Conception Podcasts, recorded every Sunday at the 11 o'clock Mass at our new church located at 411 Palma Road in Columbia, Illinois. For more information about Immaculate Conception, please go to www.icc-columbia-il.us. Our pastor is Father Carl Shear. And now, enjoy the podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. When I was growing up over in St. Louis many years ago, uh, I used to look forward to summer vacation, not only because I didn't have to go to school, but because our family, we got lots of visitors. Most of our relatives, our uncles and aunts and cousins, all lived over in Ohio or Indiana, and we were the only part of the family that lived in St. Louis. And so every summer, I'm going to say three, four, five times, loads of relatives would come and spend a weekend with us. And I used to look forward to that. They'd crowd into our little five-room house. We slept on the floor, the back porch, uh, couches, and I don't know where all. But we all squeezed in. Nobody went to a motel in those days. And then we took them on a tour of the big city. Uh, And there was a standard batch of things you always did with each group that came to town. On uh, one day during the daytime, you had to go on the day trip on the Admiral. That boat that went up and down the river there to take a picnic lunch and have a great time. Um, and then perhaps in the evening, take them to the Muni Opera. Of course, we were kind of poor. We had to sit in the free seats in the back end. Um, we squeezed in sometimes a trip to the Cardinals ball game. And um, that was always great fun. Um, not in the new stadium, it was a place called Sportsman's Park, way up on North Grand. And then we'd take them on a tour of the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. I liked that too, even though they wouldn't let me have any of the free beer that was served. The one part of this marathon that I did not like, never did and never will, was going to the zoo. It was invariably blazing hot walking around these places, uh, as St. Louis could be blazing hot. It had a horrible smell, as far as I was concerned. And I think even then, as a small child, I felt sorry for all these animals. Caged up and sitting there looking at you. They looked at us and we looked at them. Uh, And I thought, They really ought to be out in the wild where God put them. And even as a little child, I thought it was sort of cruel for our education or entertainment to have all these wild animals in cages and um, uh, fenced off the way they did. Um, But some people liked it. But you couldn't pay me to go to the zoo to this day. I have a kind of a convoluted love-hate relationship with the animal kingdom. Um, 
I'm all favor, in favor of preserving endangered species, but I have no problem eating red meat or wearing a fur coat either, as far as that goes. I, I'm kind of leading into the fact that in several of our readings today, we have animals creeping into the Bible here. Uh, to tell you the truth, they're all over the Bible if you really look carefully. Um, but in today's scriptures, uh, the Gospel of Mark we just had, uh, when Jesus went out into the desert, there's this uh, interesting little sentence where Mark says, he was among wild beasts. Well, I've been to deserts, and I don't like them either. Uh, you got to be so careful about rattlesnakes and scorpions and things like that. You don't dare go off the trail. You might step into a colony of fire ants. Um, it's just one headache after another. But um, uh, that's where Jesus went. He went out into a desert. 40 days, just like we're having 40 days of Lent. And uh, I assume that he was roughing it. Uh, life in the desert is never easy. And he had to deal with uh, not human beings on that occasion, but with the animal kingdom. Two of the other readings mention Noah. Remember him in the Old Testament? He was the guy who supposedly built this gigantic boat and marched all these animals in two by two before the great flood. Um, it doesn't matter actually whether that is historically true or is a fable because it's a story about God saving the world through the instrumentation of water, in this case the flood, which as St. Peter said in his letter, prefigures the sacrament of baptism. But at any rate, you have um, uh, lines in those scriptures as well that God entered into a covenant not only with human beings, but, quote the scripture, with every living creature. And this too suggests that we have relationships uh, with the animal world, uh, whether we want to or not. Uh, we are all fellow citizens on this planet and in our universe. And I think that is a good lesson. Now, first of all, you might say, why would this even be important to think about on the first Sunday of Lent when we are uh, gathering ourselves to take a serious run for the next 35 or 40 days between now and Easter? Why should we even think about animals and the rest of the universe? Well, I, I think it's important because God saves the entire world, the entire universe, not just us. Uh, we human beings uh, somehow persuade ourselves that we're the best show in town and that we're not related to other creatures, except that they might serve as food for us or uh, uh, whatever. But the simple fact is, if you read the story of creation, God... Uh, on all those six days, creating one thing after another, including the animals, uh, you have to come to the conclusion that we sink or swim together. And it's important, I think, as we look at the story of salvation, to realize that 
it is all of God's creatures, not just the human race. I think it is important from the point of view of stewardship and ecology that we take care of our universe. Uh, in recent years, we've been blessed to understand it so much more uh, completely than we ever did before. And uh, whether we like it or not, the evidence is in that we are descended from members of the animal kingdom. Uh, doesn't hurt my feelings. I hope it doesn't bother you as well, because we are all in this together. I was reading earlier this morning uh, a quotation from my good Franciscan brother, Father Richard Rohr, who is quite well known. He lives out in the desert in New Mexico. And he writes uh, many books and gives many talks. And he also has a daily internet reflection that usually follows the scriptures of the day. And I just want to read you one paragraph that Richard wrote about these scriptures that we just heard. God created millions of creatures for millions of years before human beings ever came along. Many of these beings are too tiny for us to see or have yet to be discovered. Some have seemingly no benefit to human life and many, like the dinosaurs, lived and died long before we did. Why did they even exist? A number of the scriptures say that creation exists simply to reflect and give glory to God. The deepest meaning of creation and creatures is their naked existence itself. God has chosen to communicate God's very self in multitudinous and diverse shapes of beauty, love, truth, and goodness, each of which manifests another facet of God. Once you see this, you live in an enchanted and spiritually safe world. And I think it's so important when we hear Jesus say at the end of his fasting and prayer in the desert that we should repent and believe in the gospel to remember that the gospel is itself good news. And I think we should rededicate ourselves to the salvation not only of our fellow human beings, bar none, but to the preservation and the health of our entire world and universe. It's a good way to begin the season of Lent on a positive note. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.